Welcome to the ATG Podcast Goals 20 Minutes, Sharp Keegan. Today, the ATG mentor, he's on YouTube, he's on Instagram. He is going to help us with a lecture. The goal is that all of us fully understand what is short range, long range. Um, quickly, though, we can catch up on news from the week. Um, in our Pulse chat with the coaches, Keegan, we had a lot of, we saw a lot of older people having wins this week. Yeah, it's one of the coolest things about this group that I never expected. Like I always sort of thought it'd be great if elderly people did get expo- more exposure to strength training. I think that's really well understood in the research. But now it turns out that we're actually, you know, training all these people and coaches are so excited about training elderly, which really wasn't on the radar for, for me or probably for a lot of them either before. Well, Coach Josh Whitlock has this 92-year-old with the desire to run, <laughs> but it's the same thing. You know, people heard my story and I remember the first thing I would get is like, Oh yeah, well you're, you know, you're young. Wait till you're 40, wait till you're 50. Yeah. How about wait till you're 92? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, it, it's the same concept of gain. If you're doing a kind of training that makes a 92 year old want to run, you're heading in a bulletproofing direction, very different from breaking the body down. Um, we also had, I, you know, we saved these. I didn't want to forget. Um, this is a coach, our with an 80 year old who's like now, now wants to be pursuing like masters. He wants to be like a master's champion now <laughs> and he's 80 and he had been through five years of constant pain, lost mobility. Now two months of training. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to see the, the old people making wins. And I, I think that segues us. Let's just dive in. What is short range, long range, <laughs> You know, why are, why are these old people getting wins? Why are you jumping higher? You know, why am yeah. I jumping higher? Yeah, I think it's like easy to sort of dismiss it as hype. And if you've looked at strength training a little bit, you've read a few muscle magazines or you got a basic strength certification, then you might think like, okay, I'm training biceps. That means I've got that muscle group ticked off. I've got X amount of volume. I've got the load. That's all I really need to know about. That's all there is to it. That's how most people look at strength training. And then if you get into like really specific sports stuff, then it's like about trying to mimic motor patterns and, you know, mimic movements and those sorts of things. But there is like another way to look at it that I didn't get in my first 20 years of strength training, just towards the last few years, I was trying to figure out like there's something else here that I think Charles had understood that I didn't get that I wasn't really picking up and I was sort of searching for it and fumbling around with it because I'd been doing the mobility stuff and I knew there was something cool about mobility and something cool about strength training, but I hadn't put it all together. Then I saw Ben Patrick online and I was looking at your Instagram and I looked at exactly how you were sequencing things. I was like, shit, this guy, not only has he worked out there's connective tissue dominant movements, there's movements that will actually build your flexibility and there's ones that won't build your flexibility and if you sequence them in the right way, then you can get a result that is otherwise impossible. Like, and I just thought, my mind was blown. I was like, finally, someone has actually worked this out. They've sequenced it. It's cool that it's for the lower body and like you're actually getting results with it. So you were actually, you already had the case studies and testimonials. I was like, man, this is, this is mind blowing. Let's throw in some examples so that anyone watching this can look at visuals. So let's say we look at a slant board reverse step up. We like to start without the slant board because we like to actually work that ankle mobility, but we do other drills for the ankle mobility, like knees over toes, calf raises and tibialis and all that stuff. So I, I think probably a really good simple one to visualize is if you have the slant board and you're doing a reverse step up, we're, we're really working this, this top range, this short range. 
Um, that's yeah. very different. If we think about a squat, a, let's consider the squat is like this mid range. Even if you go all the way down, the squats up and down. And really the toughest part is, is getting through that midpoint. Now we have this, this reverse slant board step up working that short range. And then let's take the ATG split squat, where if we actually get a side-by-side, -side, we'll see that with an ATG split squat, when your thigh is at the midpoint, your knee's not even over your toes yet. So it really loads. And then at the top, your, your knee is way behind your toes. So it actually, the midpoint, it's still not over toes, only in this end range. So for me, the ATG split squat and the reverse step up, those were like my saviors, not to mention they're balancing my strength perfectly even between sides. So the balance between sides, the short range reverse step up, the long range ATG split squat, those I feel like are the bulletproofing that then we see whether it's world-class power lifters or whatever, that mid-range then gets easier to train. But so, so you know, just keep diving into this. Why yeah. does that work? Why does short range, long range work? Why not only do, why not just do mid-range? Yes. So when you undo mid-range, you, you know, strength is gained in the range it's trained is one of the kind of slogans that Charles popularized. So you get strong in the middle, but what he worked out is that if you're not strong on the ends, then you're more vulnerable to injury. So that, that muscle is more likely to tear. And also for him with the biggest arms in history, it was interesting from the perspective of extra muscle growth. So you could get more muscle growth if you trained strength in each of the positions. So there's like fresh hypertrophy that came specific you know, to the positions. And um, that, yeah, that concept was, isn't really well understood. It hasn't been extrapolated across to all strength with the split squat. It's actually, as you say, like that very last part of the movement is not the heaviest part, but you are getting into that very deep part. So it will help to rebuild the long range. Then you can take it even further into extreme long range, which kind of feels like a stretch, right? Which is like when you do the sissy squats or when you do the um, reverse Nordics, where you and feel like all the flash pulling and it's like yeah. something's going to pop here. Like when someone's not used to those movements, they're really, really slow, really tentative. They can't really recruit the muscles because the body is saying, hey, there's a lot of connective tissue strain here. If you contract these muscles hard, something might pop. And yep. that's what happens when you first train long range. Yep. And the current and our the current approach we're taking, that reverse Nordic, and you and I have a video right here on YouTube. It's the most viewed reverse Nordic video on YouTube. The reverse Nordic scales really well and allows that full range. Now, it's not that the sissy squat doesn't scale itself too, but it's almost like there's more chance of error for someone to do it. And so our that's current cool. approach, our current approach is that we're putting the sissy squat into that category of doing the splits, of doing a bridge, of something that you will get from the system, but it's actually the sissy squat is not actually in the system. So I wouldn't stop someone, you know, if they wanted to add it on, but with these other components, we're seeing that it's just very easy to get to sissy squats. And if you're improving your reverse step-ups and ATG split squats, and your quad length, you can start gently with the couch stretch, and then you gradually progress that into reverse Nordic. You you did biomechanically just create a sissy squat. So that is our that is our current approach. And you've known me for a long time now, and you've known that my volume of sissy squats has always been tiny compared to my volume of these other qualities, which have just always been staples through my knee transformation. So I think part of the best thing I can do is just 
make it as simple as possible for people to travel the route that I took with my niece. Now, when we go to the hamstring though, and now we're adding in these same concepts and let's give credit, not only to Charles Poliquin, let's give credit to Louis Simmons, Louis Simmons. I'll have to find this video for drew. He had this guy 330 pounds doing full Nordic reps. Now he was tapping his chest at the bottom, which allows you to bounce out of that long range. But let's look at, let's look at a Nordic. When the hamstring is shortened in a Nordic, there's no tension yet. It quite literally gets harder as you approach long range, the deeper you get. Drew, you can throw up my, uh, my clip from yesterday on the Nordic um, when we, we did this video on like how to run more like Usain Bolt. Well, if you look when you run, the hamstring actually is under tension as, you're, as it's lengthening. So the Nordic is like this golden place of gains there too, which some people train. And look at Louis Simmons doing that and Louis Simmons doing short range. So we also use, we use a balance of the Nordic and like of a leg curl where it gets tougher. In particular, have you tried that monkey foot yet? Yeah. I mean, it's like so hard in that short range. It's ridiculous. 100%. Yeah, it's so a different we, again. Yeah. So we currently pump reps and then we try to get where we can actually hold that. But those are two ranges right there. Now you add in for the hip, uh, this, the most simplistic would be like a 45 degree back extension because you kind of get to work the long range and you get to work the short range in a single thing. So that's my personal favorite because I also get to work one side at a time and I get to safely go to failure. If I hit failure on a single legged back extension, nothing happens. You know what I mean? But if I hit failure on some other back lifts, I feel like I'm, I'm potentially going under more stress. So this, so I'm training not only my, my knee, but also my hamstring. And as we know, the hamstring acts as a knee flexor and as a hip extensor. So I'm training my knee extensors and my hamstrings as knee and knee flexors and hip extensors in the short and the long range. I don't do traditional squats and deadlifts, but I wanted to point out some interesting math for someone. Let's say, and keep in mind, I'm a basketball player. Let's say I could squat rock bottom let's say 300 pounds. I know I can do some more than that, but let's just, for math purposes, let's just compare, let's just take five reps. Let's say five reps with 300 pounds rock bottom. For a, for a basketball player who's not very heavy, that would be very good. Yeah. Right, we're not, we're not comparing to people in those sports. And, but here's what I want to point out. When I do a six inch box and I throw a slam board on there, I can put my body weight on my back for five reps in a Poliquin step up. And my point is that that now means I'm handling my entire body weight on one leg compared to a squat where you have two legs to handle your body weight and my full body weight. So we're, we're taking the math really of over a double body weight squat because it's one leg. I'll have to write this out as some math, like for an article. So what would be a mid range single leg exercise would be like a pistol squat right? So you can't even push off with that bottom foot. Same with the reverse step up. How many people are pistol squatting five reps with their body weight on their back? So my point is that you actually can train your muscle harder in the short range. And now let's look at an ATG split squat. Let's say I throw my body weight on my back for five reps all the way down an ATG split squat. Same thing. You're, you're talking about, you can actually get more concentrated load in the long range and the short range than trying to put it together in the mid range. So we also do this with high reps, right? If I tell you like, yeah, just, you know, pump out 
25 pistol squats, whatever, but we can really easily groove in super high reps in the long range or the short range. So it's not just, it's not just that we're hitting ranges that most people haven't tapped into. I think that's a huge part of it. It's like newbie gains. If you haven't trained them, you're also getting sort of a, I would say a mechanical advantage that you can get more concentrated strength training in those ranges. And that's why, and that's why training those ranges recently helped. I've mentioned it, but it recently helped a guy who was plateaued at an 875 pound squat with knee pain. And he now busted through a thousand pound squat powerlifting without knee pain. It's the same, it's the same force that allows me to jump higher. You're able to express more in that mid range. Jumping is more of a mid range activity. You're getting in that mid range and having to explode out. So the better and more balanced you are between sides in short and long range on both sides of a joint. So now we're, now we're talking about if you just took your knee itself. So if we took Nordic and, and leg curls and Poliquin step-ups, the slant board reverse step-up and ATG split squats, and we took both sides, you know what I mean? We're talking really about like eight zones of strength. I know I'm just rambling here, but we don't currently train the Nordic one side at a time because we do train the, the short range one side at a time. It's at yeah. least pretty damn good. And we train the back extension one side. So if you're getting single leg back extension, monkey foot leg curl and Nordic, it's because you can train the Nordic one side at a time, but you're just going to be getting so much less range there that it's like, yeah. I, I don't feel it's as good, but there's, my, get, there's, yeah. my, there's my rant. Give me, <laughs> give me some rant on, on short range, long range. Yeah. So you, you can get a bit wild with it, right? Like you can, you can try to like cover every range, single leg, you know, like unilaterally on every single, you don't have to take it to the extreme of the extreme. The concept is really, really powerful. And if you're strong in the short, in the middle, in the long and in the extreme long. So initially extreme long is just like static stretching, but we take that further. And when you take it further, then you actually don't need to static stretch in, in our experience. Like you get to a point where you can open up those ranges and you can just access them whenever you want, but not only can you access them unloaded, you can access them with a fair bit of load because the same as like, you don't want to go loading yourself up with 200 kilos on a squat. If you're not in the habit of that, you don't want to go loading yourself up in a reverse Nordic or a side split or a front split. If you're not used to those positions, exactly the same logic, you know, prepare your body. That's for a the killer load. point. Yeah. That's a huge point. When we talk about extreme long range, we actually don't approach it. We take a philosophy of like the best load is the one that feels best. So for us, that would be something like maybe like, like Jefferson curl and, and reverse Nordic. And again, I would consider those additional steps, not as important as just short range, long range, whereas short range long, I mean, you, you can safely push to, you know, muscular failure in short, long, when it comes to extreme, it's a very personal process that, um, that where we do the standing groin, that's huge. I'm getting so much benefit from that. It's so simple. My whole basketball career, tons of guys straining groins. No one ever, ever taught, well, gradually build up your strength through that range. But it's not like we're like trying to add weight and like max it out. So when it comes to extreme long, you have to yeah. understand that it's not, that's, that's icing on the cake. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's a really important point. Now, when I take a back extension, single leg, I can take that to straight to failure. So it's important to know the different tools. The other big thing that I've got for you there on the short long, the long is really much, much more powerful for muscle growth. So we're going to cause a significant amount of muscle damage. Inflammation is going to take longer to recover from. If you already, if you already have pain in the joint, then 
the long stuff is your enemy. You need to be very gentle, progressive, be very conservative with the long stuff and, and do the short work first. So think of the long as being the key for hypertrophy, uh, the key for you know damaging the muscle. And then the short, we can think of as building the mind-muscle connection. So it's very good neurologically. It causes a lot less inflammation. Okay, So sometimes as a coach, you don't want to cause a lot of inflammation. If you start working with someone and they've had like inflammatory issues in their body, which is a lot of people, starting with concentric dominant short-range movements as being your intensity, which would be like the reverse out knee pain, which is the number one thing that everybody, if, if everybody in the world just started doing ROKP, the world would change dramatically in terms of metabolic and musculoskeletal health, you know, overnight. So the short is where everyone can start. And then we need to be a little bit more conservative on stirring up that inflammation and muscle growth on the long and the extreme long. Yep. Um, just gave me a pretty cool realization, a cool way to finish out. We have like three minutes left. Tom Platts, arguably best legs in bodybuilding history. He's in his sixties, still teaching squat courses. Can you imagine the amount of, you know, load this guy put on his knees? This guy's had an unreal, one of the greatest knee qualities of life of all time. Now check this out. His squat was legendary, legendary form. And the better your squat form gets, the more long range you're kind of hitting. Whereas the worse your squat and the more your knees can't handle it and they shoot back instantly and it just becomes more, more mid range. So, so he had that squat. He also would go hard on leg extensions, which is short range. So, and he would really try to work that, that sure. short range of leg extension. Yeah. And he would do extreme long range with like using the, these hack squat machines, knees all the way over sissy squats. But let's take this for a second. Anyone who's going to look at that, who has knee pain is going to go, those leg extensions hurt my knees to look at those squats hurt my knees to look at those, those extreme hack squats hurt my knees to look at. Awesome. Let's take a look at our zero program. Let's start with those leg extensions regressed assisted reverse step up you're literally working your short range now regressed assisted atg split squat you're now working towards that line of tom platt's squat and then just start gently getting into a couch stretch where you can handle it and there you're actually putting gentle energy towards that extreme line. so you can follow the same principles just at an added level that that to me that's the trick of knee training or any area of training for pain and performance is when you realize that we all can do all the motions that we want to do. It's just at what level, but you have the gene, Tom Platt's genius, Charles Paulkins genius, um, Louis Simmons genius. These guys were all onto this short range, long range. Yeah. I just don't know. You know, it was never really mapped out like this. You sort of, you can see it in Charles's arm programs and you can see it with what Tom Platt's was doing. And it wasn't until I saw what you were doing that it like was like, oh, this is what every coach needs to know. Like, I need to make sure every coach knows this, you know, and, and we've been gradually working together more and more since then. Yeah. And it's pretty simple. Charles himself loved his arms. You know, he was older, wasn't competing in a sport and he was training world champions who already were starting out at a pretty high level. Tom Platts wanted to be the best bodybuilder he could be. Louis Simmons wants to be the best powerlifting coach and powerlifter he can be. Me. I'm the ultra fragile guy, you know, who wants to be not fragile. I've just applied. So it's the same principles applied to ultra, ultra fragility and then building the way out of it. Last thing I'm going to say, uncle drew, who's been my editor through all these videos. Uh, he's now dunking a basketball and 
sadly, we didn't get that first dunk on camera when everyone goes crazy. Somehow they botched the film and they tried to look into the security camera. They couldn't find it. But, but when we started together, I was like, dude, you're going to be able to dunk. You know what I mean? And he's trained with me, with my, with our ATG staff who are still there in Clearwater, Florida, just doing our programs. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a modest guy an ultra hard worker. And then before we know it, it's like, Oh my God, he's dunking a dodgeball. And now he's dunking this guy who's played basketball his whole life. So, you know, he's showing, and now he's like, he's saying like, this is just the beginning, you know, like this, like this guy's going to be throwing down my, if my editor is throwing down dunks and you're a basketball player who thinks you don't have the genetics for it. He he's paving the way and showing that you do have the genetics for it. It's giving hope to everyone. That's everyone needs a little bit more of that. And the, yeah. that's everyone's journey is so important. Like it doesn't matter whether you're going to play in the NBA or you're playing in front of your kids, like your journey, the, the person who's listening to this, it's your journey that matters most. If you get your journey to the next level, that, that's the best thing you can do to support ATG. That's the best thing you can do, you know, for, for your children's future. Like that's the best contribution you can make to the world is just get your own stuff to the next level. Um, and even with exactly. the zero, I just want to touch on one thing with the zero because I know we're closing out. Even if you can't even do the step-ups because I know the step-ups are intimidating and shit to people as well. We The zero is even better than that in that, you're getting a pump in the calves and the right. tibialis and you're getting gentle work on the knees and a lot you're of people isometric find, isometric yeah. knees over toes at your level potentially with two legs on that kot calf raise that's one of my favorite of, exercises yeah. if all i had was the kot calf raise because i do them single leg now i do them high rep single leg or with weight if that's all i had i could play basketball the rest of my life without knee pain if that's all i had people miss that all the time and i think you know that if people talk about isometrics and this and that the way that that program starts is genius and it's really important. We have that buy-in concept in, in a lot of the programs. So even if you're like, I can't even do anything on my knees, give, give the other stuff a shot. Like, cause people yeah. will miss that. And then they'll think, well, this isn't for me because I can't even do that step one that he just said, but it's like, no, you can, that because that's four. not step one. That's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Yep. And the PVC pipes then I are becoming really a game changer. They're so cheap. And they allow you to just get it like a more natural, rather than kind of setting up chairs, they just allow you to get like a more natural assistance on steps four, five, and then possibly six when we add in squats. But anyways, well done, Drew. By the well time done, we talk next, Keegan, next Thursday, I will have done a dunk session on Wednesday. I'm going to be attempting my dunk session in zero shoes. I haven't been on a basket. I have not been on a wood basketball court since I left Florida last June, over a year ago. So to say I'm excited to dunk. Oh my God. Like it hurts how long it's been since I've been on a wood court, but I'm going to see for me, my, you know, the, the feet and just like really bulletproofing from the ground up is a big, it's a big deal to me because I also had the shin splints and the foot pain. So I'm trying to inspire better basketball shoes to be made. And I'm going to see what I can do in these bad boys on the court. So by next podcast, we'll be, we'll be looking at some dunk visuals of me in zero shoes. We'll see what I got. Very cool. Looking forward to, to seeing the footage and uh, yeah, good luck. Throw them down. Yep. Yep. Thanks. All right. Thanks ATG fam. See you later.